trailblazers in the genre of comedy, like, as far as just, like, who did it first. I mean, there's a lot of people we can point the finger at. have that in most other art forms right you know yeah oh gosh let's talk about stand-up comedy well i think you hit the nail on the head man i mean it is one of the most raw and um passionate forms of art that we have left um and and one of the reasons i say that is because in stand-up comedy what you have is you have an individual um who is up on stage in front of an audience uh, but all they have is a mic Nothing else. There's no instrument. There's no like like like. There's no um. Th- th- there is nothing to enhance their performance other than themselves. Um. They can't um. You know. Th- th- you know. Defer anything to anyone else. If they fail, it's on them. If you don't laugh, it's because they weren't funny. Yeah. Like there's no there's no getting around it. So because of that in like intense like pass or fail. People are very weary to get up there, and understandably so. Um, Stand-up comedy is one of the most tough professions to get into. I mean, gosh. um, I mean, you got to probably do stand-up for 10 years before you even think about catching a break. Um, And you got to bomb a million times. But there's something so... Like like you were saying, beautiful about it because they're exempt. Yeah, they're almost exempt because what you're saying about like woke culture, and that's you know, it's it's become kind of a problem in our country because of the cancel aspect, the cancel culture that's come along with woke culture, uh, or whatever you want to call it, whatever labels you want to put on it. But tragedy plus time equals comedy. And these 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 comedians are gladiators of the the uh, waters that no one dares uh, yeah. you, you know dive into. Yeah. They, they they will go They're in there waters, will, yeah. will, with reckless abandon. They will go into those waters, and uh, and, and it's it's magical to see. Um, and you know it like they they rely on nothing but themselves, and uh, and it's so cool because. You know, you don't get that in any other art form. I know, man. You're right. There's no canvas. There's no. There's nothing like you know. Um, there's no. You know. There's no guitar. There's no. You know. Unless you're Dimitri Martin, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, unless yeah. you're Dimitri Martin yeah. or, or Bo Burnham. Yeah. Uh, who you know both of both of those guys <laughs> phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a beautiful art form that is is unique. Um, in and of itself, and I mean, there there are comedians out there, and, and what's so cool is you you'll find a comedian. Here we go. Th- that is yours. Let's do it. I mean, let's do so, it. So, um, I'm gonna shout out one of my favorite personal comedians, Kyle Kinane. Is he on the Mount Rushmore? For for, for, for my personal comedy, yes. Okay. Not like okay. it, yeah, it, yeah, if yeah. you were telling me yeah. to make a Mount Rushmore of comedy, no, he wouldn't be on there. But, but for, for my personal, personal absolutely, Kyle Kinane. Kyle Kinane, his new album Trampoline in a Ditch just came out. 
2020. It is amazing. It came out July 10th. You should go listen to it. All of his other stand-up specials are awesome, too. Um, but you know what? If you don't think he's funny, guess what? There's there's a million other guys and girls <laughs> out there that, that are that are so cool and so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, they're they're endless. I mean, you and me have talked about oh, so many of them. Ooh, like I, I, I feel like people can hear us smiling through the mic <laughs> yeah. right now. You know? Yeah. I, what a beautiful. It's so beautiful when it works. Because what mm-hmm. do you think? Too art is so subjective, but at the same time, when when a comedian says something, and then you hear. Everybody in the audience at the same oh. time had the same impulsive reaction, Erupt. which is just to laugh. But how do you, how do you make somebody do that with words? I mean, because in other contexts or in other orders, nothing. Right. But the fact that you're not trained to do that, you hear something and you just laugh. Yeah. And I mean, like my name is Hebrew for laughter. Oh. Okay. Isaac is Hebrew for laughter. Not saying I'm funny, but I'm saying <laughs> like like even God goes, dude. You need some humor, man. You don't yeah. think God is funny? Oh, Dude, yeah. Dude, stuff happens all the time. Like, okay. God has a you, sense of humor, bro. You sprained your ankle. Not saying God did this to you, but you sprained your ankle for the first time ever in five years across that you have an injury. Yeah, and it's my teammate, own fault. And your teammate, who's also been doing it for five years, she sprains her the same ankle. Who also has never had an injury. Never had an injury. Yeah. Two years apart. You're gonna look like even now it's kind of it's funny. I was gonna for say me. like I'm I'm but, gonna go buy a lottery ticket. That's insane. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, if, if anyone listening to this, um, CrossFit does not cause injuries. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me be very clear. Yeah. I've been doing five CrossFit years, for unscathed. five years unscathed. Yeah, and it was my own fault. And it wasn't doing something a very unconventional movement that you would never do. <laughs> rope climbs. You yeah. wouldn't do that in a CrossFit class most of the time ever. And, and then it happened. And it happened. Dude, yeah. la- Fre- like, freak accident. One in a million is so chance. Important, man. Laughter's so important. It, and and there there are there there are so many examples of comedians that have have brought light onto a subject that no one had laughed about or even thought about laughing about ever but because they were able to bring it out of you they were able to pull it out of you with their amazing their amazing uh like romance of words right like oh. like they 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 can pull that emotion out of you and make you look at that subject like well maybe that wasn't so bad yeah. you know that and is yeah funny. that is kind of funny yeah. you know and and you, you you have a whole new perspective on it and so you know you, you almost see things through the comedian's eyes oh. and the way comedians view things is so funny that like you know it's it's it is contagious like you have to yeah i mean you you almost have no choice but to laugh oh yeah and you think about the way like when you watch something like comedians and cars getting coffee oh yeah, just something like where comedians are hanging out and you think man i wonder what it's like to be that funny and hang out with other people that are that funny and just go through (laughs) life yeah because if you see someone like you know I don't just pick something random like you step in gum in a parking lot or you're picking up dog stuff or someone is trying to open their their trunk with their remote sensor whatever it is and their hands are full of groceries and two comedians walk by and they can just both make quick little punchlines just yeah. off the cuff and it's just something funny about it and they just like keep going yeah like like what I mean what a skill set dude but the, also there are comedians that I will say like and they talk about this on stage people expect them to be funny off stage but uh. they're not at all. Like they're, they're normal people, they're they're regular people, but they have this incredible mind that they look at things so differently. 
like like let's take Dimitri Martin that we mentioned a few minutes ago. Yeah. Dimitri Martin's probably a decently funny guy in person, but if but when the second he gets on stage, like dude, he he's hilarious. Like I mean, just like one-liners. Yeah. Oh just. man, he has a fifteen-minute bit of just one-liners, and and literally every single one, you're like, how did you think of that, dude? Yeah. Like <laughs> it is that is hilarious, you know. Like you know, thinking about you know. Uh, like statues are awesome because it it lets me think of uh, great men if birds got to defecate all over them. <laughs> you know, I'm taking a little yeah, bit of yeah. I'm taking a little yeah. bit of colorful language Sensitive, out of there. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just it's just I mean, he just has 15 minutes of straight oh one-liners, and you're just rolling laughing. Then you have a complete. Uh, th- th- then you have a guy as raunchy and vulgar as Daniel Tosh. Who Ooh. who can go for forever and talk about things like nine eleven? He has flown in the face of cancel flown, culture for twelve years. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, just absolutely like yeah. like no borders to his comedy yeah. at all. Him, Anthony Anthony Jeselnik, Anthony Jeselnik, he's another guy. Just no borders. He, yeah. he the, like like the, whatever line you think he can cross, he's crossed it a million times over. Yeah. But then you have guys that don't cross the line at all that are just as funny, like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan the barely he, he barely cusses. The dude, yeah. the dude like doesn't even cuss in his comedy act. Um, he basically has like family friendly comedy. Yeah. But he is one of the top comedians in the world. So it doesn't matter what genre you you enjoy. Like there's a there is a comedian or right, a right. or a genre of comedy out there for you, you know. It's just so you know. And, and guess what? All they're trying to do is make you laugh. Yeah. And if you don't think it's funny, don't take offense to it. They're just trying to make you laugh. Yeah. Um. And if like, it it, it really, man, this country almost needs to learn how to take a joke sometimes. Oh. And you know. Like like when people are just joking, that's what's awesome because it, when it's stand up, it's a joke. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what they say, they're joking. Like it, it, it's comedy. Yeah. And we need it. Uh, yeah, we absolutely desperately. Need it. Who is on your right now today? What is it? November twenty first, two thousand twenty. Mm-hmm. Who is on Michael Thomas's personal Mount Rushmore of comedy mm. tonight? Like. My personal Mount Rushmore as of tonight, because I, you know, kind of depends you're in the mood for. You've been listening to a lot, maybe appreciate differently. Well, the first one I'd put on my Mount Rushmore would have to be the guy who got me into stand up, which is Mike Mike Berbiglia. No kidding. Stand, uh, yeah, yeah, huge shout out to to Berbigglebug. It's Um, I've been listening to some of his really old stuff this past week. Oh man! Oh oh! To to drink, Mike. Yes, I just listened to that one. Dude, yeah. I'm telling you, th- like that's what got me into comedy was that right there was was Mike Birbiglia's original stand up specials, um, because my sisters had him downloaded on iTunes back when I you know when all you had was iTunes. Uh, I think I was in like fifth grade and yeah. I listened to it and he said dirty words and I thought it was cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I downloaded it onto my iPod Shuffle and my parents didn't know. Yeah. Um, or whatever. Sorry, and, mom and dad. Yeah, sorry, mom and dad. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I just have always, into this day, I think he is just so funny. I love Mike, Mike Birbiglia. Um, Dave Chappelle's on there for sure. That has to, I mean, I mean, oh, there's no man on earth that is that funny. Like, I mean, I think he's probably, like, if I had to say who's the funniest guy on earth, I'd probably say Dave Chappelle. Actually, I'd definitely say Dave Chappelle. Uh-huh. 
There's no one funnier. He's the funniest man on the planet, probably. <laughs> I he mean, is he, he is so funny. I mean, it is just it is just painful uh-huh. uh, how funny that guy is. And obviously, like I said earlier, I'd put Kyle Kinane on there. Okay. Just because Kyle Kinane, I mean, from the first time I heard him, you know, years and years and years ago, I was in high school, and I would listen to Pandora stand-up. As I would go to bed, because I was just like, you know, this is like, like it's a good way to go to bed. It's a good way to end the day with a little bit of humor, um, you know. And uh, I did that for a little while, but Kyle Kinane was like the one guy I was like, man, every time he comes up, I I always laugh. Like really? I, I I would literally laugh out loud because I just always found him so funny. Um, but the fourth one is tough. The fourth one's tough. I, I would love to hear your Mount Rushmore before I make a final decision because I have about three up in the air and I'm and I'm worried you're going to take one. So uh, who, who, you throw no, your three no, out there no, for the record. No, 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 throw no, them no, out no, for the record. No. You want me to hear? Okay, yeah, I want to hear yours. My personal, hear yours my personal. Yeah, not that I think should be up there, but my right. personal. I'm going to go with. I think the person who, the comedian who got me into comedy as a concept, Jerry Seinfeld. Ooh. And one thing, this is was that was that from the show or from his stand? It was from the show because of that. Mm-hmm. I started seeing what stand up comedy was because there's bits in the show, and then I then I remember my parents went and saw him years ago. I was like elementary school. They, he came to Nashville on a, one of his final tours, which is where he just put out a special this year, mm-hmm. which is just classic Jerry. Um, but he had one, and I think as I'm telling you for the last time, I, I don't know if that was the one my parents went and saw. But I remember they went and saw him live because they're big Seinfeld fans. But he as a whole uh, got me into the concept of comedy. And it's where actually I watched, he was on 60 Minutes about a month back. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I can't ever, I can't ever figure him out. I can't ever figure him out. Why? Why Just is that? how he acts, how he interacts with people, like mm-hmm. how he's on comedians cars getting coffee, how he's on, on interviews. There's times that he's really... Like he laughs at stuff I don't I don't really think is funny, and then the way he may interact with people I think oh he's going to be a lot like this and mm-hmm. he's not he may be kind of standoffish or he might have something that has really a, like I don't know I just think it's very like little like no significance I don't like really, really like bicker about it yeah but he has like a pretty strong opinion on that and you're like really like that yeah. was it I, that. then other things like he doesn't really care and on the sixty minutes interview the the person was asking. Um, which is cool because I, I kind of do like seeing journalism when it's just not all political with an agenda. It's like, hey, let's just talk to Jerry Seinfeld how he's spending cu- quarantine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was asking about being a comedian during all the times of PC. And one thing, I thought Jerry Seinfeld would be one of these like old-fashioned comedians where it's like, no, don't bend the knee. This is how I've always been. I'm going to stay that way. I'm not yeah. going to let the mob take us to that. And he was saying, well, I, you know, I think that's part of the fun of it is the culture has shifted this way. The culture thinks stuff needs to go this direction. So now my job as a comedian is to start to write within those confines. It's to adapt to the times. That's part mm. of the art. That's part of you being a comedian. And I go, oh. Because then there's guys where it's like, I think of like a Ricky Gervais. Ooh, yeah. Or even a Dave Chappelle. Like the one part of Dave Chappelle, I, th- I think about it, I'm not going to say it verbatim, but he says some, it's one of his newer specials in the last couple of years. It yeah. sounds like Equanimity or something. I don't know if it's that one. Could be Sticks and Stones, who knows. But he's saying something, and the people in the crowd are like, ooh. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, man the crap up. You're not going to get through the show. <laughs> in the middle, you go, oh. You go, oh. Because yeah. he's just like, I- I'm going to bring it. Yeah. You know? And if you're not like. <laughs> I'm bringing the heat, y'all. Like, so you're thinking, there's comedians like that. They go, I know you guys aren't used to this because your HR staff is telling you not to be. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring-. Then there's guys like Jerry Seinfeld where they go, 
you know, that's part of being a comedian is I adapt to the times. Right. So I'd say Jerry Seinfeld for sure. Okay. Dave, so Ch- Dave Chappelle. Okay. Jerry Seinfeld, Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Holy mackerel, Dave Chappelle. I got into him. I remember someone showed me the Chappelle show back in the day. I don't think it was funny. Well, the the earlier seasons of the Chappelle show, he was feeling it out more. Really, it may have but, been but, that. It, because he, he like I I think all of them they're either up on Netflix now. They are they just came out? But okay, I watched yeah, them. and and I think they're on HBO Max too. Uh-huh. Um, the Chappelle show it was so it, it was like Saturday Night Live unfiltered almost. Yeah, it was like if Saturday Night Live could be much more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, liberal on touchy issues, yeah. like 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 if if they had free reign on what they yeah. could do, and that's kind of what the Chappelle Show was. And then like as he like grew into it, he like it got better and better and uh-huh. better. Um, but I, I mean, as far as just uh, just sheer stand up, Dave Chappelle, dude, the the guy. I mean, to circle it back to Joe Rogan for a second, he talks about how there's no other person he knows in comedy that can just get up on stage and just wing it. Yeah. He can do a whole new hour and just just wing it, and he'll kill. Uh-huh. He'll murder the whole room uh-huh. and then just leave. Like and and whereas like every other comedian, they spend months, if not years, on just twenty minutes to an yeah, hour doing of 10 material. To Fifteen minute sets, man. Yeah. Of material, like they they spend just painstaking hours over it. Whereas Chappelle can just get up there and just murder a room, uh-huh. murder a room. That I mean, like they could be booing the the previous guy off stage, and Chappelle would be like, "I'll go up there. I don't care. They're gonna love me." Like and he'll kill it. He'll kill it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So I remember when I, agree I was, when with I was that in one, architecture obviously. at the time, we had something in our schedule. I don't know why I did it. There was there was two. I remember one was Killing Them Softly. It was one of his specials. And I don't remember the other one right now by name around the same era. I need to look it up. Um, and I would – we got done with one of our classes. We'd have time, a couple like hours in between or something, where I'd go to the cafeteria and I'd get a to-go box of food Mm-hmm. I'd come back to the architecture building and do a lot of computer work. Yeah. And I'd pull up YouTube on one of the computers and put my headphones in. And I would listen to Dave Chappelle's stand-up specials while I ate my dinner. And then would start to work back on my architecture again. And I would listen to those all the time. And it's young, dude. It's young, skinny Dave Chappelle. We're talking like early 2000s. Yeah. I can't remember the other name. It's Killing Them Softly. I think, then, yeah, he had, he, had a, he, had a, he had a special in, I believe, the year 2000 or 2001. Uh-huh. I think, and there was one where it was, um, oh gosh. Where, and and then up. he took a huge hiatus from huge, comedy. Yeah. And then he just Which, came. During that time, he's in the hiatus is when I started listening to his stand-up. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, so I, I don't really know much about him. And then he came back. And then he came back, and when I saw he started putting out new specials, and they were just as funny. Oh. He murders. Um, he murders every time he's on stage, man. Oh, he's so he is so funny. He has so many funny bits too. But he's on my Mount Rushmore. Third, dude, Ron White. Absolutely. See, that was one of the ones you hit one it. One that was one of the ones. Uh, yep, I think that was I'm one of the ones in my three. I know. Oh my god, I know. He's one he of. He is. L- he, let me tell you, dude. Oh ever since ever since the blue collar comedy tour. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, yeah. oh, dude. The guy's dude. cool. Oh, oh, he comes out with the with with the long hair, and he's got and a kit. all black suit. Yeah, I got a kit, and he's got a cigar, and he's got a scotch, <laughs> yeah. and he goes out there. And it, well, for a guy that honestly, it only seems like he has about a hundred jokes out there over all the years of comedy. Tater salad. Yeah. <laughs> 
But they are funny. They call Every, me. They call me they Tater call Salad. Me tater Salad. <laughs> and uh, oh, they're all. Funny. Oh, they're all. You'll listen so to some. Funny. Oh, oh, here's something. Here's a new video on YouTube I haven't seen. Okay. And it's like a seven minute, you know, Ron White stand up. And he goes, I've and you're like, oh, and I need goes, to see this. Yeah. And you go, oh, I've heard all this, but it's still funny. And, but you still it's laugh because he time. delivers in a slightly different way. Oh, and when he talks oh, about, dude, gosh. when he talks about the the, the airplane, Which when he the when he when he talks about taking off from from Beaumont to Houston, because my man. Doesn't own a globe. Yeah, we took off from the Beaumont Airport Hair Care and Tire Center there. <laughs> Dude, I'm talking yeah. like I mean, he is just one of the funniest dudes. They're ever talking lived. about like the the plane's low on fuel and the one guy's freaking out. How far will it take us all the way to the sea? In the crash. <laughs> yeah, there's oh. a there's a goose behind us and the yeah. pilot was screaming, "Go around!" <laughs> just waving him around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Dude. Ron White is. Oh gosh, he's oh, hilarious. Man. He, so those are my three, and again, just like you, my fourth is always kind of like this interchanging. Depends who I'm listening to him in the mood for. Well, since you said Ron White, okay, okay so 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 I'll, I'll reveal it. My oh, my three that I'm I was thinking about, about this yeah, here, yeah, By the way, I'm so glad. My three that I was thinking about was Ron White. My other one was Tom Segura, and the reason I didn't say Tom was I didn't ah, I didn't love his new special. And here's the thing: his the new special, yeah, his new special was funny. His new special was funny, but it was just a little too much for me. I loved it. Mean, too raunchy? A little or... too raunchy. Yeah, I thought it was raunchy. great, but he did a little bit too too raunchy. But but that's kind of his brand, you know. You know, um, I don't really, I don't ever listen to his podcast. He has a podcast called Your Mom's House with his wife, who's also a stand up comedian. But I think that's pretty on brand for what they do. Is pretty raunchy. Yeah. Um, whereas Delirious, I believe, was the name of his. Or actually, no, it wasn't Delirious. No, that's that's a that's a that's, that's, Eddie, that's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, gosh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, uh, another I'm, giant. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm th- which thinking, one you're thinking? T- completely Tom's, normal, mostly stories. Uh, I, I think and, it was, and then um, the one after mostly that. stories, I believe. It, but, but it was the one that came out. I think it was 2018. Oh. Um, I think it was twenty eight. Hold on. Um, but but anyway, it's one word. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh gosh, guys, this is why we need fact. We need we need we need fact checkers in hiring here. now. I know. Yeah. Go ahead and apply. Um. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. For what it's worth, that was the other day. Disgraceful, not disgraceful. delirious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It yeah. started. It started with a D. I was close, yeah. right? Yeah. One word. Right. Yeah. Uh, disgraceful. That was one of the best stand-up specials I've ever seen and I mean I fell in love with Tom and I, I, I'm i forever a Tom Segura fan but the last one is one that you're probably not going to guess and it's it's someone that has been mentioned on this podcast tonight already is Bo Burnham oh yeah so here's here's the reason Bo Burnham has and, and again he hasn't had a special since Make Happy which I think was a few years ago and then what was before that right? yeah what was before that um, but the reason I think he is brilliant is because of if you watch his stand-up special, it's a complete and total performance. It is not just stand-up. He transcends stand-up into this light show with um, piano and singing and a hilarious, like almost SNL-esque bits. Like, yeah. um, he, 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 um, whatever he c- comes out of his brain that he thinks is funny, he'll write it down and he'll try it. And if it's funny, it sticks. So his stand up specials are, um, this 
unique compilation of what he thinks is hilarious and a message that he wants to get across to his audience. And, um, I mean, gosh, in Make Happy, his, I think his most, most recent one, he ends it with this, uh, um, on Kanye West's most re- recent tour at the time, it was his Yeezus tour, and he did this thing at the time. It was like this rant with auto-tune on his voice, and Bo Burnham went to that concert, and he heard that, and he was like, I'm going to do that in my stand-up special. And he did it, and he did it in the most hilarious way that no one else but Bo Burnham can do. Could pull it off, yeah. Oh, it, no one else could pull it off. But he does actually mix messages in with his comedy which i don't think anyone else really does i mean uh, a lot of people it's 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 very surface level which is what comedy is supposed to be but Bo almost took this responsibility upon himself because he was like a young youtube star who is so undeserving of all this fame and all this wealth and all this success that he almost felt guilty and he and he portrayed that in his yeah. act at, at times. And I thought that was so unique and so cool. Um, and I still do. And I always will. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope he takes stage again. Um, I think he said that he would if he feels like he has something else to talk about. Yeah. Um, which I hope he, uh, you know, eventually, you know, he, he will take stage again. Yeah. Because, I mean, that guy, dude, that, that guy's special. He, he has a brain for it. His brain is unlike anyone else's. And you truly see that when you listen to his special and watch it, yeah. Man, so, okay, so you have Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. And then, hold on. Kyle Kinane. Oh, yeah. So I get, yeah. yeah, it's under the radar. And then either Ron White, Tom Segura, or Bo Burnham. Would I, you say Bo Burnham? I'll, I'll put Bo Burnham on there because you said Tonight. Ron White. Yeah. It, because oh, because Ron White, man, oh, it, man. again, it, it, Ron White is so, like, grassroots for me because blue collar comedy tour was one of the first comedy things yeah. I ever watched. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Foxworth. Oh my gosh. Jeff Foxworth killed yeah. it. He always kills it. To I this mean, day, yeah. I mean, his bit about hunting with his wife is one of the funniest bits uh-huh. I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, about wanting to like, uh, about about like 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 when when the when, just shoot yeah, yeah, when the when the deer comes and like 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 he was in the tree stand and like his wife was sitting next to him he finally took his wife hunting and like a deer came out and he like pulled the gun up and he, and, and she was like oh my look how cute he is he looks just like Bambi's daddy and then like she and then she and then he like like like. You know, Jeff pulls the gun up and she's like, oh, you ain't going to shoot it, are you? <laughs> and he's like, why else do you think I brought a gun? And then, then his wife goes, run, deer, run! Like, like screams at the deer stand. You know, it's just, I mean, the, the dude, that, oh, man. and man, his, um, if uh, you might be a redneck and his redneck dictionary. Like, oh, man. His redneck dictionary is just, man. Jeff Foxworthy. So he's unique. A, he's a, Gosh, he, okay, so he'd probably be in one of my four. So my four spots are this role. Yeah. And it depends. There's times where it's been Jim Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. There's times where it's been Nate Bargatze. <laughs> Nate Bargatze's great. Lo- local Nashville oh, guy. Shout out Nashville uh, local. Thank you. He, mm-hmm. That dude is a he, that guy. It's also tough because over time, I've just kind of gotten tired of the raunchy comedy. Which yeah. I, you also, you told me Tom Segura like four years ago, over four years ago, four and a half years ago. And I listened to his stuff, and the first time I listened to it, I'm like, oh, this is so raunchy. 
but there's some funny parts. So I went back and listened to it again. Now I knew what to expect, and I would laugh and laugh and laugh. Right. I tell you what, but <laughs> I tell you I, what, I tell you what. Um, but then over time, like you know, over time you, you grow. Yeah. And also too, like as a Christian, it's like certain things you don't just desire anymore. You don't like they don't appeal. Well, there's to you. a certain amount of raunchiness that I'm willing to go to. You justify it for comedy, which isn't. It's not necessarily a boundaries thing. It's more of just like a raunchiness level that I'm not it's willing like, to go yeah, to. It's, like, it's almost. It's almost like that it's almost like the difference in like bathroom humor. Almost. It's 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 like it's like it's like potty humor. Yeah. Like I mean, it, it is funny. Like yeah, it's and, funny. And, and in that context, in and of itself, it kinda, yeah. Because things like Nate Bargatze. Dude is super clean, but he he acts like if you've never listened to him, y'all. He has a, a special on Netflix called Tennessee Kid. Yep, and he has one on our oh, first time on the standups. He was the yep. very first one. Yeah, yeah. And he had me rolling. He <laughs> acts like he's just this dumb Southerner that doesn't know he's supposed to be on stage doing standup. Right? Because he almost kind of like he almost rambled. seems like he almost seems like he uh, like he wandered onto stage. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was like, I don't write anything. And I have no punchline, and he'll just say, it, "But it's hilarious, oh. and it's wholesome. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And so it's hilarious. Nate Bargatze. So it'd be like you know, uh, it'd be someone like Jim Gaffigan would be there. Then Nate Bargatze would be there. Then Jeff Fox sort of would be there. Then Bill Burr would be there. Mm-hmm. Holy mackerel! Bill Burr, we can't lose Bill Burr. We can't, we can't talk about stand up comedy and not mention yeah, Bill Burr. Because Bill Burr, oh, I when I first got really, really, really got into comedy, which is pre podcast, I was doing a ton. Shout out to Paper Tiger if you Paper haven't. Tiger. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it which yet, go great, watch it. All of us, he has a bunch of great specials. He has a million, but I think Paper Tiger is his most recent new, one. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should and go watch it. And even when I would listen to his comedy, I'd go, this guy's really not funny. And then I got a little bit older and listened to more, and I go. This guy is hilarious. He's a genius. Because he's also one of those where he he will he'll just say it, you know? Yeah. He, he doesn't care. And he he's just one of those where he he's not gonna let the culture he's like like antithetical to like a Jerry Seinfeld where I'm not gonna write within the confines. But he's not gonna say a bunch of, you know, stuff. It's almost like yeah. he just goes up there and it's just like his own observations. That's all it is. What, what I he's would not like say trying to push an agenda, just like his observations, like his cruise ship bit. Uh, dude, it's gorilla bit. You remember the gorilla, oh, the kid, gorilla the kid bit. story. <laughs> dude, don't want to ruin any. It's he, just he's just funny, man. He's just like a he's like this gem. But but start to finish though, as far as a master of comedy, a master of the craft, oh, I would say start to finish. Like like I mean, l- l- let's just take Paper Tiger for example. Sure. Like start to finish, that is one of the most I'm masterfully. Yeah 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 yeah. Go ahead. Um. That is one of the most masterful stand-up specials I've ever seen. Paper Tiger. Paper Tiger. From start to finish, he knew exactly what he was saying, knew exactly what he was doing, and all of his punchlines were immaculate. I mean, he had like the, the timing. Right. Everything was perfect. I mean, that guy is like talk about mastering comedy, like like it, it, like like mastering the art of just stand up. Like like I'm not like 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 we were talking about Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is just a natural. He's just a natural. It's it's almost effortless. But if you talk about someone who really puts in the work, who like from the beginning just grinds and just has a vision and it just has a mind for stand up. I mean, I don't even know if there's anyone you can put against bill burr really i mean I, dude in my opinion as far as like i don't, I don't even want to say in my opinion as far as guys that could sell out an arena yeah he, he's top five bill I, burr. 
uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just like sell, like like ability to sell. I would say Dave Chappelle's up there. Obviously, I think Joe Rogan's up there just from notoriety. Yeah. I, Joe Rogan's specials are hilarious. Uh, like, no, take nothing away from him. He is so funny. You should, if you haven't listened to him, go listen to Joe Rogan. Joe he Rogan. is hilarious. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that guy can sell out arenas. I mean, um, Kevin Hart can sell out arenas. Football stadiums, man. Yeah, football stadiums. He yeah, had a new one come out the other day, but. I, I didn't like it. Kevin Hart's newest one, I didn't. I didn't love. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was good, but it wasn't his best stuff. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, some of those guys, but I mean, it's like the Dane Cook effect, though. You know, Dane, the Dane Cook effect. You know, you, you almost get too big for your britches, yeah. and uh, it can, it can, it can make or break you sometimes. Man. Dude, oh man, and it's it's so cool to see the way these guys are, even outside of it all. Like that's one thing I liked about comedians' cards getting coffee is just seeing them. Cause mm-hmm. like, I, I I just I've never liked Kevin Hart's stand up, and it's, again, artist objective, right? But when I saw him on that show, him just interacting with Jerry Seinfeld, I go, he's pretty funny. Oh, he's hilarious. He's pretty funny. Him, the, Kevin Hart interacting with The Rock in general is some it's of just, the funniest oh, comedy you can buy. He's actually like a funny <laughs> guy. Yeah, it's like he's a funny hilarious. guy. And then there's stuff like that Jeff Foxworthy that that short interview style documentary that Roundtable. That you know, I, I sent you. Um, just just stumbled upon it and watched it. And right. Jeff Foxworthy, man, it's just for a guy that's that big. It's it's the opposite of the Dan Cook event where it's mm-hmm. like he didn't he didn't let it go to his head, you know. Nope. Yeah. And, yeah. and you see the way he's involved, and just I mean, at least a Bible study at a homeless mission in Atlanta had no idea. Right. Very the humble dude guy. Just seems like a guy who would walk out here right now and sit down with us and yeah, just. He'd, be he'd, just down to earth. Yeah, man. he'd pour glass and light up a cigar, and oh, he would. Gosh, I hope he, so. he he would join us absolutely. Um, oh, comedy yeah. so great! I just want to go watch stand. I just want to like when I leave here. I know. Tonight, just I know. I, I really wanted to go watch uh, Brendan Schaub and Theo Vaughn this weekend at Zany's, but uh, oh, they didn't yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. My sprained ankle happened, so, oh, so yeah, you, that's kind of like you're, you kind of <laughs> like those kind of guys in stand. Well, I, I'm a huge. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, of Brendan Schaub just because um fighting or fighting yeah 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 I love his um you know his take on a lot of uh UFC cuz I'm pretty into the UFC I like I like um mixed martial arts I um I'm definitely a fan um and because he was a fighter I love his perspective on things so um but but also uh, his new Showtime special I thought was really funny I, I really really yeah, liked new it. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not but really he but he him. but he's only like two three years into comedy, dude. Yeah. He is he is very very green. So like if he's this funny already, like you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, but Theo Vaughn, man, dude. You've been swearing by Theo Vaughn for a good four four or years. five years. Yeah. yeah, I've been a Theo Vaughn fan for a while. Um, yeah, probably before. And he's not most even on your Rushmore. It, 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 the problem is because Theo hasn't had enough specials yet. As far as just yeah. a funny individual, he is one of the funniest individuals on the planet. But it, but like, I mean, he he just needs a little bit more time with his stand-up specials. You know, yeah. he, he has one that's pretty pretty darn good. It's on Netflix. Um, I think it's called No Offense. Uh, it's uh-huh. on Netflix. You should go watch it. But uh, yeah, just give him a little bit more time. Uh-huh. He'll 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 keep crushing it. Ooh, I saw, um, dude, Tim Allen. He has some funny. I'm trying. I'm thinking old stand-up. Because even like Kevin James has some pretty funny stand up. Chris Tucker had one from a couple years ago. I can't remember the name of it now. And he's funny. And he talked about when he would go over to Michael Jackson's house. 
Oh yeah, and yeah, how yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson had like giraffes it, walking around. Is this stuff. like the one where he was like really dressed up for the occasion? His stand-up special, Chris Tucker was like I like in a I suit th- or something, like a tuxedo. Yeah, almost. I think he was. Yeah, it was like in a white white tuxedo. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, um, that was a great special. He, like, he, it was because you think, mm-hmm. oh, Chris Tucker. No one ever. Oh, about the guy from funny. Rush Hour. Yeah, so yeah. you think Chris Rock's a funny one, but then you watch that and he killed it. Stuff like that. Um, oh gosh, I've, we've seen so much. I know between the two of us, we've seen so much stand up. But like Tim Allen, I'd watch some of his old bits from the '90s. He had stand up specials, and they're funny. Kevin mm-hmm. James has some pretty funny stand up. Yeah, um, I watched uh, Rob uh, Rob Schneider's new one. It's about the. Uh, it's something about being like. Uh, what is it called? It's brand new, and he keeps talking about how he's like he's half Filipino, half Jewish or something like that. Mm, okay, I can't remember. It's actually it, it's pretty funny because he does all these accents and stuff the whole time, and that's the sad thing is impersonations are starting to go away mm-hmm. because it's like oh if you do an Asian accent, well you're being racist toward the entire Asian race. Like dude, if you have a bit, yeah, talking about like an Asian person and you're doing an Asian accent, you give them a name and you're. Or you're just talking about a conversation you had with a guy, and the guy was Asian. I'm like, oh, that is so racist. You're like, well, dude, that, that's one of those things. It's part of comedy because when I, when I hear that, I go, okay, I'm picturing that conversation. I'm picturing mm-hmm. you talking to a 75 year old Chinese man now. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the accent immerses you into the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it gives not, you a it oh, gives you a mental visual. Voice. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as yeah, far as like 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 like. Trailblazers in the genre of comedy, like as far as just like who did it first, I mean, there's a lot of people we can point the finger at as to who was the first to real. I mean, Richard Pryor has to be one of the first people that we have to credit the art of stand up to, and then you have to go to probably like Eddie Murphy. Um, I'd even say something like a Johnny Carson. Well, the way you Johnny Carr, yeah, comedy, yeah, you yeah, pretty yeah. Much created a platform for comedians. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So that, 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 that's a whole different skill set too. George Carlin, George Carlin. Yeah. I mean, he was a he was kind of a trailblazer. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk about woke. Yeah, talk. Yeah. I mean, wow, woke. Oh, and, and talk about breaking down like like things that weren't acceptable to say. I mean, his bit on cursing. I mean, that was one of the <laughs> more controversial bits ever. But, you know, he didn't, you know, he, he was six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. He didn't yeah. care. Like, it was it was, it was was whatever for, for, for Carlin. But, I mean, there were a lot of guys that were, like, right there. Yeah. I mean, I've told you before, oh, I, I have such a, a big uh, appreciation for, like, that, that Bernie Mac stand-up oh, that yeah. he did. The Def Jam. The Def Jam, when, when the comedian before him got booed off stage i think like the previous couple comedians got booed off stage oh, that'd be a hard crowd that's dude, intimidating, dude it was bad like i think it was uh man i forget who it was it was like uh it was like it, it was someone's def jam that they were hosting it was it was like something martin or I, Martin I, Lawrence. I, it might have been Martin Lawrence. I, I don't remember, but well, oh, man, a lot of them did Def Jam. Martin but, Lawrence, Steve Harvey, but, but they were hosting, Bernie and Mac. and Bernie Mac was up next, and uh, I think Martin Lawrence was hosting, and and uh, Bernie Mac just came out, and he's like, "I ain't scared of you, MFers," and you, you, you know, like <laughs> like, and, and that was the whole bit, you know, and he had like a you know like like the the DJ, he got the DJ into it, and and you know what he he, but 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 the the whole 
thing was he took the bull by the horns. He's like, I ain't scared of you people. Yeah. He's like, boo you, me. You go. Off stage. Go. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, like I ain't scared man. of you, you know? And it's just like that mentality for comedians just like, uh, you know, just, just, you know, being a bull in a china man. shop, just oh, just dude. reckless abandon and just going for Such it. Such thick skin, man. Oh yeah, they oh. just you know. And so you know, huge props to Bernie Mac, rest in peace for yeah. for that. I mean, he you know that was that's that is a timeless and classic stand up bit that will go down in history forever. I mean, yeah. the dude had his own face airbrushed on his jeans yeah. in that bit. <laughs> if nothing says nineties, yeah. I think that says it uh, best. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, there, there's Dude. a lot of there's a lot of great man. There's a funny Martin Lawrence bit because um, it's also the same era, same culture of comedy. You're you're getting like this is this is black comedy. This is this this is urban New York. It's the same hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. We're now going into homage, which is why Def Jam took off the way it did. And there's one bit, and, and it wasn't Def Jam. It was like one of his specials. And Martin Lawrence, I'm not gonna be super graphic here, but he walks out to the mic on stage in just a speedo. <laughs> And he has and, and earmuffs to anyone who doesn't need to hear this, but he's wearing a speedo, and he has like this this massive bulge in the front of his speedo, very large, very bulge, large bulge, yes. and he's walking towards the mic, and it doesn't seem like unnatural. It just seems like wow, like every, I mean, that's all you're wearing, so everyone can see it. And he walks up to the mic, and then he reaches in his speedo, and he pulls out a washcloth. It starts dabbing his forehead with it because he was saying oh. how stressed was the crowd. That's what the bulge was the whole time. Is his Dude. washcloth? He used to start to wipe the sweat around his hairline. Oh, it's hilarious, Dude, people, Because it's so unexpected. People are whistling and cheering. They people think, oh die. my gosh, look how hot he is. Oh, and <laughs> like even that, he's like laughing at himself. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, man, comedy is so beautiful. It is beautiful. Okay. It, it, it is a. Man. It is a. It, it is. It is a. One of the last great art forms that we have in the in like modern culture favorite bit by any comedian to end comedy on right now what comes to mind any of the ones you name on your mount rushmore is fine Mm. favorite bit by any oh man that is specific you're not asking me my favorite artist you're asking me my favorite song oh man there's so many awesome ones um oh man a few come to mind from mike rubiglia you come to mind man i would probably say i don't know is is, is there one that comes oh, to mind man. for you first no. <laughs> dude <laughs> I think I, i'm trying all to, the ron one i mean it's gonna be wrong uh, i know it has to be dude I'm, I'm i'm thinking of so many right now I, i've literally thought of like five or okay, six what, if i throw out a name will it will it help you at all i mean I'm, I'm thinking of a few different names there there's just so i mean it's hard to nail down one bit because each bit is so different Mm-hmm. Um, man, I would probably, I would venture to say, uh, it, man, I wouldn't even say a bit. I would just say probably like Mike Berbiglia's first album, the album I fell in love with so much, which was Two Drink Mike back in like 2005. He was talking about uh, rappers on cribs, dude. Oh my gosh! He's like, you know, I'm not gonna ruin the bit, but essentially, he's just like, you know, watching cribs and the rappers like, you know, this is my this is my crib. These this is my ride. These are my hoes. I am a rolling. And then Michael Bailey is like, well, I just love to be there when the cameras turn off, and then, you know. 
he's like, oh, these hoes are nice, but at a certain point in a man's life, he wants love. <laughs> you know? You know? He's always so like, oh, so effeminate the way he talks. Dude, it. it's just that, that whole, yeah. almost that whole album, Two Drink Mike, like, dude, I mean, oh. It's just like I almost I almost can't put anything above it because it's what got me into yeah. comedy. And like I've I've sentimentality. Oh man, you know I've I've thought about five or six Dave Chappelle bits while I was oh. sitting here. A couple Ron White bits. Like what, what, okay, the, the, what, the, the, the the airplane bit that we were naming oh, earlier yeah. is one of my favorite Ron, Ron White, White bits. Um, the, I would, the, my favorite Ron White bit, I, I will definitely say is the, 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 the driving drunk, the, when he got stopped by sobriety test uh-huh. and, and he, when they're like, all right, we want you to stand on one leg and touch your nose yeah. and say the alphabet. He's like, that's not a sobriety <laughs> test. That's the blank, blank agility test, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm not very agile. You know? <laughs> it was like, hop in the passenger seat, I'll drive around the block. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, how about we go back to the bar and play some darts and shoot some pool? I'll show you some skills, yeah. you know? I was say, you know, uh, Mr. White, is that scotch I smell? He goes, that scotch has been in my tongue since 85. <laughs> it's like, it's like, did you, uh, you know, like, sir, if you had anything to drink, he's like, well, I had a mixed drink. He's like, well. What did you have? Well, it was scotch and ice, or <laughs> something along that, you know, something like that, and you know. Oh man! Oh yeah! I mean, oh, dude. Ron White has He's, so many. I can't think of like a specific bit, but it's little things that even he credits to Jeff Fox where they helped me get the timing down. There's stuff he'll drop in there where he'd be like, you know, I was flying to Vegas on my plane that you guys bought me, and you're like tell the crowd yeah. that, just little things like that. Oh, yeah. there's one where he, oh gosh, there, there's so many. There's one little, there's one bit. I don't, it's not the whole bit because it's pretty raunchy too. It's the Dr. Phil story. Oh. But it's when he's leaving. So they're, uh, they're on a yacht in um, Monte Carlo and he's leaving drunk as a skunk off the scotch. He just performed the, the raunchiest bit he's ever written because he, he did a drunk, a drunk yeah. stand up set. But he's leaving and, uh, He's talking about the, the the little pier you're having to, to navigate, getting back to like through the harbor, back to the shore mm-hmm. to go back to their hotel. And there's this; it's a big, it's an 18 inch step down mm-hmm. when he's walking. And <laughs> Doctor Phil yells at him like, "Big step, Ron!" And he's like, "Thanks, Doc." I don't know, <laughs> yeah. About my career stuff, he's, he's a doctor, not me. Yeah. And he talks about it when he's like, you know, 18 inches is, is far, but. He's like, uh, or like falling when you fall down on flat ground. He's like, it hurts, but when you fall another eighteen inches, <laughs> yeah. like, but it was just, it's just like little oh, things man. like that, like big step wrong. He's like, yeah. thanks, doc. It's like, it's like he's my little, wife told me to take the dogs out, you know, because she ain't gonna do it. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like in. Uh, she has the temperature. Yeah, the temperature. My wife's like, like whether well, Connecticut yeah. in a big snowstorm. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. zero degrees Fahrenheit on the thermostat. My wife yells at me. What temperature is it outside? And I said, there isn't one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> then I go out there, take the dogs out, and the uh-huh. people from the hotel are like, like the sign says, no dogs. You yeah. know. And he's got his two dogs out there, Sluggo, Sluggo, and the other one, yeah, mustard. Or yeah. Right. And then he's like, he's like, well, the sign's wrong. <laughs> it should say two dogs. <laughs> you know. It's just the simplest stuff oh, from. Dude. It's just the simplest stuff oh. from Ron White, man. It's just. Gosh, he kills he's, it. He's 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 endless, man. Oh, he's, he, is. he is a treasure trove. Oh man. Oh he, yeah. He. Oh gosh, he's so good. Dave Chappelle's so good. 
I don't know. They're all coming to mind. I can't think straight. There's so many good, so many good bits. Even one that I thought was hilarious, and I, I think it's just fresh in my mind. I was talking to someone about it the other day. On it might have been Sticks and Stones. It was a 2019 special. That's what I'm thinking of for Dave Chappelle, and he's talking about different things that happened. And he said, you know, it's a shame what happened to that French actor. I remember, I remember watching. I go, I, I, I keep up. I go, what French actor? French actor. And he's like talking more about, it. you know, what happened to him and their career got ruined and. You know what happened? You know, it was poor for French hat, and then, and then I can kind of see now the way it's developing that okay, the crowd doesn't know either. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, okay, what did I did not know? And he's like, you know, y'all know the French actor, and then you can hear the crowds like, what is he talking about? He goes, a juicy Smollier. It's about Jesse Smollett, and he starts <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he starts talking about the the whole hoax where Jesse Smollett, the actor. Pretty much, he staged a hate crime attack mm-hmm. against himself in Chicago, but Dave Chappelle unpacks the whole thing, and it is just hilarious. Gold. Everything about it, and, and there's things about uh, just the way, and the way he talks about like the, these these. He said those two white guys in Make America Great Again hats that jumped mm-hmm. Justice Smollett and tied a noose around his neck. Well, that was the whole story. Mm-hmm. They ran with that. Well, come to find out, there were two Nigerian guys that Jesse Smollett hired. But then when he's talking through the bit and he's talking about like who what white guys are gonna walk around Chicago at two AM in January with a rope because I haven't seen a rope since the eighteen hundreds. He said, Who's gonna walk around with a rope? He's like Chicago with Make America Great Again hats and they call him they call him a faggot N word with a hard R mm-hmm. is what the claim was in the news. You can look it up. Like that was because Jesse Smollett is gay exactly, yeah, yeah, and he's black. And he goes, they called me a faggot N word. It was a hate crime. It was a racial slur, and it was they were making fun of my sexuality. And then it, then he's talking about he's like, and Dave, you know, Dave Chappelle's talking about it, and he's like, and he says the the term, and he's like, that doesn't sound like you know something. The two white guys and making it really unhappy. He goes, "Sounds like something that I would say." <laughs> We're just so honest. Oh, oh my man. gosh, it is it, to this day. Like you know, it's coming and it's funny, dude. And it's yeah. a way that you can just make one of these situations that was huge. It was tense for a while. It was dividing people, people yeah. for a while. We no, really no one else truth. would dare bring that up on stage, but especially Chappelle. to a, a majority black audience with a black comedian. Because even if you go, yeah, he was in the wrong. Oh gosh, and he talks about the times he met OJ. There's so many things like oh, that. Where, man. Oh yeah, but you don't think no one's going to bring that up, the Jesse Smollett thing, because that that's one instance you don't want to just talk about. Dave Chappelle, I'm, nothing's off limits. I'll talk about. It. I'm a comedian. Yeah. Oh, and he kills it. Yeah, Dave Chappelle's great. Man, um, any, any other comedy before we we move out of comedy? I want to go to one line. We already yeah. went long. So yeah, we, we we've already gone a little yeah, long. Which, yeah, this has been this has been for at least three years. I've been wanting to do this interview. So I think I think the viewers will hopefully understand. Yeah, and and we'll we'll do this again probably oh, soon. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Have to talk, we'll talk we'll talk about marijuana and stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll get into all that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Anything else about comedy before we move out of it? Dude, Any I'm good. Final thoughts. Okay, last last section. I really want to get into with you. TV shows. I we could do movies, but yeah. I, I feel like I'm really not well versed in movies. But you and I, we can talk some TV shows. We can, we and, can and let's talk through a couple, and why you like them, and, and just let's just talk. Let's just talk. So probably my favorite TV show I've ever watched is probably Breaking Bad. Um, I, I would say that's it's a pretty clear first place winner. 
Um, oh, be still I've my seen, heart. Yeah, I've, I've seen it through a few times, probably two or three. Actually, I think three now. Mm. Phenomenal show. Um, I'm a Game of Thrones guy, for sure. Um, you know, uh, lots of Game of Thrones fans, if you're listening. I, I, I feel the exact same way you feel about the last season. Um, uh Man, there's so many good shows that I've just loved over the years. The Sopranos would be oh, one of them. Goodness gracious! Oh yeah, The Sopranos is a big one. Um, yeah, I'm 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 much more into like TV dramas like that than I am just like TV shows. Um, you know, like a like a more of a Seinfeld type deal where it's like yeah. you know, like you can like pick up from any episode and know where you're at. Yeah. Um, I really I'm 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 more into like the dramas mainly, but yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about Game of Thrones. You're more than welcome to talk about it, of course. But having seen The Sopranos and being one of my number one, just a huge mob, love mob stuff. Mm-hmm. But so Sopranos is great. Breaking Bad, oh my gosh, love Breaking Bad, love The Sopranos. Uh, so I want to talk about that with you. Um, of course, anything else we want to talk about in yeah. the shows. Okay, what makes Breaking Bad just so second to none? Well. For one, just the simple answer is Brian Cranston. That's just the simple answer. Is uh, an absolute masterful portrayal of yeah. of Walter White. And uh, man, holy! Do you cow. want to explain the premise to people that maybe have not seen the show? Which is cra- possibly the craziest premise yeah. of all time. Yeah. So and apparently, it's inspired. The premise is inspired by an actual story. Oh, really? Of an actual situation. I don't know about, of course, the, the events, but the premise. Well, I mean, imagine you're, you know, um, on the board at AMC back, you know, what it, well, I don't even know how long ago this was, you know, like probably 2007, 2008, 2008 yeah, yeah. Probably 2008. Um, and uh, someone walks in and is like, all right, I got an idea for you. Yeah. So there's this way overqualified high school chemistry professor that is diagnosed with cancer he's gonna die and he has nothing to leave his family he's a loser basically like like lifelong he's just been failure after failure even though he is so brilliant so smart uh and he decides that uh you know through through certain avenues the only way he can make money and leave uh inheritance and a legacy for his family and and give them something to live off of after he's gone is to uh make meth and to sell meth and uh he does it through one of his ex students who is one of his worst students Jesse yeah. Pinkman and uh they you know through certain avenues start uh you know cooking and selling meth together but not just but 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 i mean that that you know that sounds interesting but really what's pretty awesome about it is not just meth it's the the quality that they're selling and the chemistry the 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 sheer chemistry that goes into the show is fascinating um a lot of people knock season one for being a little bit slow Uh, i don't necessarily agree because i was pretty hooked from the beginning um but if that is you, stick to the second season because yeah. it literally every season gets better. Oh, like man. every season gets better. I'm halfway through the last season for my third time now watching it through, <sighs> and even like knowing what's coming, there there's so many little things in there you forget about. But right, it does it it gets better every single time. Yeah, 
and you just watch it every couple of years. Oh man! And one thing I think they did really well in the show, which kind of goes, it's it's weird because I've only seen The Office be the mm-hmm. other kind of show that's done something like that, is just how normal mm-hmm. and almost like understandable they make the entire setting of the show and the kind of people where it's like these people make good TV characters, right? But then you think, okay these are kind of like people in real life. Like this isn't super unrealistic, which is one thing like Seinfeld also did well was like, okay, it's a pretty average apartment. This is a pretty average friend group. Nobody has some super, super stellar off the wall career where it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like even breaking bad. It was like, it's an average ranch house. He drives an average car. He has car troubles. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing, there's nothing about it. He's, a, like, he's a struggling high school yeah. chemistry teacher. You yeah. don't look at that. Like there's shows you watch and then you see the guy's condo, the penthouse and you see the cars and the suits and the, you know, and the way the women act and talk and the, right. the way that they don't interrupt each other in the punchlines and the way it's all written. Like, and you know, it's a TV show, but the rest of these you go, okay, that actually kind of looks like real life. It's this very, it's feels, very raw. This feels real life. Yeah. Like nothing about the office. Nothing about that office is flashy. You don't look at that and go, "Oh, that's the kind of office setting." I hope I I work in one day after college. You know, yeah. they didn't have anything catered in. They didn't have a cool view. You know, you look at stuff like that and you go, "That's pretty ordinary." There's no Mad Men. Like uh, there's there's, there's uh, nothing. Don't talk well, well, no, no, no. But but, 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 but Mad Men's very sexy. It's oh, very gosh, you know yeah. like like everything oh, ab- yeah. everything about it from from the wardrobe I to the settings yeah. to, to to the dialogue. You know, to like the smoking oh, it's cigarettes just bravado. and the, yeah. it's just bravado. Yeah, and then Breaking Bad is like, oh wow, this is like an ordinary. This is literal, person. like this is literal Regular real life. life. This is this is happening like right now. This is happening today. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, Breaking Bad, so so good, mm. so so. What what's a, I don't know, like an episode or a moment of Breaking Bad that just kind of <sighs> stands out to you that they kind of besides the finale. But that kind of Um, epitomizes why you like the show in the first place. I think it was, oh man, I want to say the finale of season two or three. I'm not sure which one it was. I'd I'd have to to, to look it up to be sure. Yeah. But um, there is a scene where uh, Walter is still kind of like, you don't really know. Like, like, Like he's still very timid. He's still the high school chemistry teacher, he's still, um, kind of like the wimp and, you know, he's, he's not Heisenberg. And, uh, uh, the first glimpse you get of Heisenberg is like my favorite part of the show. And and that's when he's in like a Walmart or home Depot ish setting. And he sees these guys that are clearly like, you know, junkies and they're, uh, putting all these, uh, supplies in their cart and uh, Walter realizes that probably no one else in the store would realize, or you know, no, no yeah. normal person would realize, like he like they're getting all the materials to make meth. And he doesn't say anything to him, like they check out or whatever. Yeah. And he gives him a little bit of advice at mm-hmm. one point. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're in the parking lot, and then Walter goes up to him, and uh, I believe TV on the radio. Uh, is is uh the song like it, it, that? The, that's the, the group. The t- band, t- yeah, yeah, yeah that the band that that's playing. Um, if from this song, I think it's called like DLZ or something like that. It's an it's a really cool song, but he just you know walks up to them and he just like like has a look that you have not seen. Yeah, to this point in the show, at all, and he just looks at them and he goes, 
stay out of my territory or, or, or like, like yeah, or something, or, along something to that effect. And you're just like, whoa, like a switch just flipped. Like, like, like the show, like in yeah. my opinion, the show changed from that point because you saw him go from Walter to Heisenberg. And that was like, yeah, it was like his little metamorphosis or whatever. That was like one of the points where you're like, whoa. Like, 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 like this is a different dude now, you know, like that was one of my favorite has always been one of my favorite points in the show. What about for you? What's one of those points in Breaking Bad? Yeah. In Breaking Bad. One of your favorite points. Man. Um, I don't Oh man. That's a, that's a good question. I never think about my own answer to these questions. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Um, dude, I think. Oh man, there's there's a lot of great. It, plus, I'm since I am watching it through right now, it is fresh. Um, if you have if you've seen the show, you'll know. I think there's a, and he, he also he reflects on it later, but there's one scene where he has to go out and get diapers, and he okay. goes to the bar, and he's drinking a beer, right? And he ends up talking to this guy next to him. And the guy later comes. He ends up being a character for just a very short time, mm-hmm. and you're seeing the way the worlds collide. I think there was something just very, um, it it was almost kind of, it was just kind of nice, kind of simple. They related to each other. Yeah, and you're seeing these two guys in a bar, and the way they talk, it was weird because you're seeing this guy who's slowly becoming a kingpin of Albuquerque, New Mexico, (laughs) and honestly, the entire Southwest, Yeah, and the stuff that he's doing, and really, you're seeing him shift, like, because I'm at the point in the show where I look at all the people that have pretty much died directly or indirectly due to his actions and the people around him. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, you don't really see him becoming more and more evil, which kind of, talking about what we were talking about with like Hitler and guys like that, you don't see it happening. It's like the the analogy it's of... It's so gradual. Of like, you ever heard like it's the frog so... in water? You ever like in a pot? You ever heard of that? Hmm. Where it's like um, a frog is in a, in a pot of water and you turn it on to boil, and by the time the frog realizes that the water is boiling, it's too late and it can't get out of the pot and it dies. Oh yeah, and it's like it's like a scientific study, and so it's the same thing like with humans. Like by the time you realize, like even the time with Walt when he realizes that it kind of goes in the end of the show, that look at what it, this monster has become out of control. When he could have stopped, well, he's way ahead and got way more than he ever wanted. It was too late, right? And it was almost like one of those times where he was at a point when he was sitting there at the bar drinking a beer, you could you could stop it, you could turn back. Yeah. And, and I remember he talks about one of those moments later and it's weird because I'll look at, at moments in my life and I want to make sure that I'm not that, I, I, that I'm not on, on the wrong side of a moment like that when he thinks about how peaceful that like there is something about that scene that's just kind of like I kind of want to be there I kind of be sitting there at the bar with these guys and just listen to their conversation and just it seems like a real quiet it's not a loud bar it's like a regular evening mm-hmm. it seems like a real peaceful setting something about it, I guess with the way the show goes for once, it's like this little peaceful oasis of a scene. I love that. And so yeah. then I feel like in your life, I, I think about moments where one time when I was at my first moving company, I worked a job. I, I For us, I had to buy a new car. I needed to get money for when I was at the college. So I was trying to work as much as possible. I got done with the job. And then my boss offered me to come back and work an evening job. Mm-hmm. So I went home and showered, ate lunch, hung out for a couple hours, and I came back to work. We cranked this job, had a killer job, and we got done. And we're sitting at a gas station not far from here, pounding Gatorades. You know, it's July in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, watching the sunset, kind of. And we were sitting there talking. And a year later, I was out of the company. 
Uh, a lot of stuff went wrong. Boss kind of went down the wrong path in life. And it's one of those where I look back and go, man, that was a really good moment. I wish I could return back to that moment. We were sitting yeah. in the truck, drinking Gatorades, watching the sunset after working our tails off. For You know, you'd work 70 hours a week and just be like, hey, man, like let's just savor this yeah. right here. It's almost like that was our sitting in a farm. Li- you could yeah, relate to Walt. The now. little moments in life, yeah. Breaking Bad is a lot of those little moments. Yeah, and one of my favorite little moments like that in Breaking Bad is, and again, I don't think this is any warning to anyone, spoiler alert. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we've really given anything away yeah. from the show, if anything we've, if you have, if you haven't, sucks, if you yeah. haven't seen it, like you probably yeah. want to watch it more. Um, yeah, but there is a scene, man. Which it's one? The one where he's holding his daughter, and it's early on, and uh, he li- he goes into the garage, and he you know lifts the panel off the yeah, wall of all the insulation. Yeah, yeah, and he says like, "Daddy did this for you." Oh man! And that that is one of the scenes, man. Like that's one of those like sweet moments where you're like. Well, if you could only see yeah. this moment, like this is what you're doing it for, but yeah. you lose sight of it. You know, yeah. it's just things like that, man. Yeah, it, it it is a phenomenal show, and you know, shout out to Vince Gilligan, um, and you know all of the people that that made that show possible. It was it's just yeah. you know a, a, truly a, a masterpiece. Yeah. And it is one of those shows. I think Mad Men. I know you haven't haven't seen it. I, I, I haven't. I mean, I've seen the first season back, like uh, literally, like I think years. when it aired or oh, something. Like gosh. I mean, it was so long. I think I was in like so little. Like I was young, and I didn't understand. I didn't. I didn't oh, respect yeah. it. I didn't like. Get, oh, you I, you ought to watch it now. Yeah, I, know, I swear I know. by Mad. I mean, AMC never has done a bad thing. But one thing that I like some like Mad Men, um, especially Breaking Bad. I, I really would say it for Mad Men though too is one of the these shows one thing they do really well is when you do really see like human nature when you see like mm-hmm. the depravity of man like madman like you said it's sexy everything about it like you look at it and the more you're kind of seeing it you go this is glamorous i kind of wish i was i kind of wish i was involved but then you see what's actually happening in the middle of it all and you go oh gosh i'm glad mm. i wasn't alive or a part of this right and it's kind of same with breaking bad and you look and it's like man I wish you could return that moment where you're peeling back the insulation showing your baby all your hard work yeah you and know you, you're starting to see the way breaking bad took human and nothing about that was unbelievable right you go a human could go down it's what path. you're doing it for yeah and you see like Mad Men, everything looks glamorous and all it does is it captures the brokenness of man it mm-hmm. does every man and woman's got an issue in that yeah. don draper especially the main character john ham but it's like that's all of us man yeah that's all of us like yeah. that uh, that literally showed us like through a keyhole all of us. Yeah, the imperfection oh. and everything, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm going to watch Breaking Bad and Mad Men and stand up. I'm, I'm not going to sleep before church tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. straight into this. Yeah, We're just, yeah. yeah I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to take a five-hour energy and watch yeah. stand-up and Breaking Bad and Mad Men all night. Man. Dude. And Ron White bits. Oh. <laughs> all 15 of them. Yeah. All good. Gold. Dude, how much is dental school? <laughs> Oh man, dude! Man, all right. Uh, any good? I know you said dinner. Dinner with skeptics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great book, Jeff Vines. So uh, yeah, you should, you should definitely go read it. Um, it like phenomenal book. book recommendations, uh, documentary. Any good? Do you watch documentaries at all? Oh yeah, big documentary okay. guy. Any, big any documentary. Good documentary that you've seen recently. Recently, that people should watch. Um, not one that I've seen recently, but one that I rewatched recently is um, HBO's documentary Going Clear. 
f- phenomenal. It's about the the whole history of the Church of Scientology from start oh. to from start to finish. I, I've seen it like two or three times, but I actually rewatched it a couple weeks ago. Wow. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, it goes through everything from like L. Ron Hubbard, like all the way through Tom Cruise, through <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> yeah, it goes, yeah, it goes, it goes, yeah. it goes through all of it, dude. Um, and so if you're ever if that, if that kind of thing interests you, you know. What's it called? Uh, Going clear. Going clear on yep. HBO. Yeah, it's on HBO. Yeah, it's a it's okay. a great documentary. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that that's one of the ones I've I've rewatched more recently. Dude, I mean, countless documentaries. That's something that we can tap on another time. Uh, any other one to throw out there right now? <sighs> Man, not off the top of my head. I'll I'll, I'll uh, just leave you with that one. That's yeah, good. yeah. D- Dinner good. with Skeptics is a great book. <laughs> yeah. Going clear is a great documentary. I think I think you gave people a lot of material tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, CrossFit is a phenomenal yeah. methodology, <laughs> phenomenal methodology for exercise. Anyone who's looking for a new way to get fit or get in shape, I yeah. highly recommend it. So shout out CrossFit Nashville. CrossFit Nashville, absolutely. And absolutely. Then potentially your future brand, whatever that <laughs> yeah, might be. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who Man. knows? Who knows what the future holds? Dude. All right. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to leave people with on your way out? Absolutely not. Uh, just uh, be nice to each other. Yeah. There we go. Got a lot of that recently. Yeah. All right. Dude. All right. Mike Terry Thomas. Yeah. Dude. Love you, brother. Yeah, love you too. Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming on. It's been great, man. Yeah. Dude, we haven't, okay, we haven't gotten to hang out and talk and smoke a cigar cigar in probably over a year. About a year. Probably a little over a year. year. Yeah. A little over a year, maybe. So, I mean, this is, this is, that's one for the ages right here, man. This is pretty, I've been looking forward to doing this podcast, like I said, for several years. But even when I left Memphis, this, morning yesterday morning now um i was like okay, i gotta make sure i have my podcast equipment because I'm, br- yeah. I'm i'm gonna go get changed i can i can forget my tie for work. <laughs> that's fine you know i had my suit hanging up in the back seat like all right, i'm gonna get there but i gotta have my podcast equipment <laughs> right so and we made it happen man. absolutely thanks man for, thanks for a lot of a lot of good stuff no yeah thank you for letting me come on here cattle calls awesome dude so glad that. to be a part of it dude thanks for coming on absolutely man all right michael thomas thank you absolutely See you on the other side. Until next time.